0: Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Between the Legs, a podcast about those in the motorcycle community and those who contribute to it. I'm your host, Sarah Taylor. The episode you're about to listen to is a conversation I had with Hagai and Marie of Moto Spirits. Marie caught me by surprise with her unique history. She went from teen pilot to sommelier to book publisher, and Hagai shared his stories of traveling across multiple countries on his bike, a dream come true. Both journeys led these two to become great friends who now own and operate a rice whiskey distillery at the border of Williamsburg and Bushwick. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. Well, cheers to get started. Cheers, cheers. cheers. We are sitting here today with Marie and Hagai, I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, with Moto Spirits out in Brooklyn. Uh, I have to let you guys know ahead of time that we have started drinking, I've already had a cocktail and a shot, so if this gets weird in half an hour, I uh, do not apologize. Um, Marie, I would actually like to hear about you first, so you just told me you were a new writer. Yes. How long have you been riding?
1: When did? I? About two years. But she's an old pilot. She doesn't say that. An
0: old pilot.
1: Uh, she's been flying longer than she's been riding.
0: You can fly? I she can fly. Oh my gosh, you're so badass. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, are you kidding me? That's like totally on my bucket list. Well, no, but
2: motorcycles are a little more freaky for me because they're on the road with so many more people.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's and not really a lot of people in the sky. Flying, yes. Um,
2: so I was flying since I was about 14, and um, that's when I farted. As farted. <laughs> <laughs> heard solo <laughs> um, and they were I was flying um sailplanes or gliders in California wait you were flying at 14 yeah you can solo at 14 um with sailplanes and gliders which is basically a plane that doesn't have an engine and flies on air and on thermals or Um,
0: That's insane. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I was doing at 14? Learning how to curl my hair, and it was terrible.
2: (laughs) Well, my stepfather was a pilot, so he would take me around, um, and that's how I started. But he would always say, it's so much safer to fly because there are less yahoos (laughs) in the air than than there are on the road. Oh, so.
0: that's nice. Which I, I might believe... Yeah. Yeah. When did you start writing? Around the same time or way after? No, I mean I was a kid when I was flying. Okay. So only because
2: of Hagai and because of Moto Spirits did I start. Well, my my stepfather also um, rode motorcycles. Mm-hmm. He did, he won all these awards in motocross and everything, and I didn't know that until after he passed away. What? And he's yeah. It was it was kind of a badass, and I was like, oh my god. But he, we had motorcycles. He always had motorcycles and um, would take me out. Um, and also my mom sometimes too, but the motorcycling didn't happen until a guy in motor in and moto, and moto spirits. So how did you two meet? We live in the same building mm-hmm. um, in Williamsburg. It's kind of a very special one. It's um, has a, has about 120 loft spaces, Okay. and it's one of the last buildings that basically. Has raw spaces and where artists who are professionals, writers, filmmakers, photographers, um, kind of converged and it became this huge community. So a guy was like someone who also worked in the building but also worked in terms of like his business. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can talk about that, but we all met basically because he was always on the roof barbecuing and cooking and we had this amazing roof with the a- pretty historic water tower and so i lived on the eighth floor um he lived on the eighth floor and i have to say i mean now we're he's like my brother from another mother (laughs) um, we have an interesting relationship because we we love hate each other And, and we have this these businesses i mean this business and we also have had um other businesses, not businesses together, but projects. Collaboration.
1: Collaboration. Collaborations <laughs> yeah, so.
2: yeah. So that's kind of how we met in, in the building.
0: Wow. Yeah. Did uh, Moto Spirit start there as well?
1: It kind of did. Um, the inspiration for it was a motorcycle trip to Vietnam. I stayed in people's homes and part of their hospitality was this rice spirit. I came back and I looked to purchase it locally just because it reminded me of the trip, the adventure, the hospitality, and nobody was making it. So I started um, with converted pressure cookers until one of them kind of blew up in my loft. And the woman I was dating at the time uh, the operation. Uh-huh. And um, from there, I upgraded to the communal bathroom on the floor above, which I rented from the landlord for hundred bucks a month. I didn't exactly tell him why I want the bathroom. I didn't really ask him any questions either. <laughs> Later, I was like, "He was like, you took out the toilet." <laughs> um, but yeah, with the help of friends, convert that into a little micro distillery, complete with a baby cam, so I could stay in my place and check out what's going on with the still. Um, we didn't start out, I didn't start out looking to make whiskey, I just wanted to try and recreate what I tasted over there, which according to Marie is terrible, because uh, I brought back samples, and she's a sommelier, so she knows.
0: And you're but, a sommelier?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Um, but you know, when you're like, quote unquote, high on the adventure, everything tastes good and amazing, and started messing around and uh, part of the messing around was uh, trying to become friends with all the distillers in the neighborhood. Uh, Some of them helped out and along the way, one of the dudes that was helping, it was like, God, you realize you're making whiskey? And I'm like, huh? he's like, the definition of whiskey is a grain that's been distilled and aged in oak barrels. Rice is a grain fucking making whiskey oh cool (laughs) but i had no that wasn't the intent kind of thing yeah it was just trying to recreate stuff from the adventures on a motorcycle like the jabuka that we make jabuka in croatian means apple so we kind of like stole stole the word (laughs) and um, the spirit is made from 80 percent apples that we get from upstate new york and 20 percent and it's rested or aged in bourbon barrels but the way that came about other than the motorcycle trip through Croatia was a Sunday afternoon where I hit up Marie and I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, what? let's try to ferment apples. What? <laughs> and just, I went downstairs to the supermarket, got a whole bunch of apples. Marie poured them. So she's like the detail process oriented person. I'm more like the breaking down the wall and making a mess. Mm. And, uh, being that apple seeds contain cyanide, it seemed only, uh, appropriate for her to pour the apples. Mm-hmm. Cause I might've missed some. Um, yeah, then we just ended up uh, juicing, or what do you call it?
0: Yeah, we juiced about, uh, I don't know, 30 pounds? <laughs> you 30, juiced 30 pounds
1: of 30 apples. pounds of apples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, like, put them in carboys and added yeast, which was not right for it, but who cares? And then somehow we were able to transport 10 gallons of this mash from South Williamsburg to Bushwick to try to mess with it have I found a photo on on, on Instagram of the two carboys in the freight elevator, and that was just literally just a, a Sunday. That you know, when you have some time and you want to get your creative on, and you have an amazing neighbor that lives in the same building that you can annoy, like it just shit happens.
0: That is so cool! Wow, so rare. Mm-hmm. okay cool so you started in a bathroom and now
1: <laughs> in, in, in a pressure cooker
0: in, in a, a pressure cooker a bathroom, yeah. in the bathroom right. and now we're here and for those listening you can't see what here is but here is a huge space there's a ton of barrels that have really old dates on them by really old I mean 2017 and <laughs> but eventually they'll all be like a hundred years old who knows um, but the space is really big so what do you guys do in this space?
1: Other than
2: annoy
0: each other, yeah. Other than that, he
2: threatens to drown, drown
1: you me in a, a puddle,
0: puddle regularly. Well oh, that's sweet. Yeah. At least he keeps like the water limit really low.
1: Is he sure.
2: <laughs> so the distilling happens in the original space, the smaller space, and then the larger space, which is over twenty five hundred square feet. The usable space we have. Um, all kinds of things, actually, from yeah. music events to
1: clothes drive. We had, um,
2: yeah, we had a community clothing swap with Brown New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably about eight hundred to a thousand people came through on a Sunday. That was one. We also had Whoa, plays and Yappy Hour.
1: Yappy? Oh, a, yeah, we do. So Marie <laughs> um, sort of invented this thing called Woof Whiskey, <laughs> and so we get. Bone, um, bone marrow from my favorite butcher. We cook it and. Who's your favorite butcher? Beano Prime Meats on Sullivan under <laughs> Houston. Um, so yeah, we, we cook up basically like this soupy thing that we put in our 100 200 ml flasks and then
2: yeah. 100 ml flasks.
1: Yeah, and then we have the yappy hour, which means people bring their little yappy dogs. And they
0: that's buy cute.
1: A that little wolf whiskey. And everyone's happy except for me and Marie. Well, it's sad. <laughs> well, we, Marie loves dogs.
2: But like, well, we the thing is, we both love dogs. Yeah. Um, and they're really. Wonderful, and even some of our workers at one point wanted to have a distillery, a distillery dog, and oh, like a permanent dog yeah. for the distillery. Said, you cannot have a distillery dog here. No, one, I, it was the first time I felt really maternal, for, where I was like, "No, you cannot have a dog." And so we decided we should at least be dog friendly, because um, it's also this community has a lot of people who have dogs, and we're right next to the park, and so people are constantly coming through here, and they have their dogs, and. Now, what's happened is at least I think in the course of the last year and a half, the dogs come here, they drag their owners over here if they're being walked because they know they're going to
0: get treats, you know. (laughs) That is malicious and I love it. (laughs) But it's our yappy hour. Very well thought out. I'm a big fan. All right. Very cool. So you know you guys have a bunch of events you get to show off your whiskey you've been distilling it for a few years now like what what do people think of your stuff
1: well it's it's actually funny before we made the plunge to get um the legal you, know, you can't really get legal in the bathroom in a residential building, so...
0: Oh, you can't?
1: <laughs> uh, I, I looked into it. Um, but before we we made the leap to actually get a proper commercial place, there was uh, an event at um, Eric on North 14th. Was it Brooklyn Works? What was it? In the Yeah. Works Engineering. Works Engineering. engineering. Mm They had like a vintage bike event, so we brought a couple. Not far
2: from Motor Girl. Yeah. 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 On 14th Street.
1: Yeah. That building is gone now, but they had uh, an event like for a vintage something or other, and we brought a bunch of um, blues and just gave it away for free. Just as like tasters,
0: just to see if, you know,
1: is this like quote unquote music for musicians or is this viable? because to go into getting all the licenses took us about two years during that time you're not supposed to do anything you're just supposed to pay rent and wait for the licenses to come in
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and so we we wanted to chew up like is this just like a fun hobby passion thing or can this actually be a business and so giving samples out to people that were not close friends was a way for us to test if if this is viable or not and the feedback was great and so we took the plunge
0: because no one else is really offering what you guys have
1: no so Jabuka is something that we invented it's actually um, it's called a specialty distilled so it doesn't fit into any particular um, it's not a whiskey, it's not a brandy we just made it up so it's unique Um, and whiskeys made from rice and we're if not the first rice whiskey distillery in north america definitely in the east coast kind of thing um there's not a lot there might be like one or two others that may still be in business but it's definitely a new thing and we want to make something that's unique that's tasty but unique we don't want to be a So like a me too. So what that means is like the the whiskey that we make is made from rice, which is unique. Jabuka we kind of invented, but like we don't want to just make like gin or vodka or just whiskey that everybody else makes. And even from the motorcycle trips and whatnot, like we don't copy the recipe that we've tasted along the way.
0: Yeah, you guys just made this one yourself. Yeah,
1: we bring it back. And and then release it, but not, you know, it's not going out trying to figure out local customs and then steal them and bring them back here. Just like get inspired by them and see what we can do with
0: them. Very cool. So, this was inspired, you said, from, uh, you mentioned Vietnam and Croatia. How did you get from Vietnam to Croatia?
1: I rode the bike across the, some oceans. Oh. <laughs> no, I've, I've, uh, I've been going on motorcycle trips um, for more than 10 years. It, it started, and some friends of mine hit me up, and they're like, hey, we're going on bikes to Bulgaria next week. Do you want to join? And I was like, fuck it. Let's do it. Um,
2: He's been to 23 countries on a motorcycle.
0: I... Can't even name twenty three countries right now. I did not do that while well in school. But so the out of the the twenty three countries you started with Bulgaria, you've obviously right. been to a lot of places. Where aside from Vietnam, where you learned about this whiskey, was there anything that was like really memorable or like impacted you
1: from those trips? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, the, the um, for me, like the the fun part. Is sort of like twofold. One, like normally when you go traveling, like you, you know, you get on an airplane and you go to a big city and you stick around and you're basically like a walking wallet. Everybody tries to sell you something and it's not. That's not the fun part for me. The fun part for me is to try to get away from the big cities, go to the small villages and try to interact with the that actually live there and like learn about their traditions and their hospitality. And um, the fun part about doing it on a motorcycle is that you get to experience everything along the way, whether it be the rain, the wind, the road. And like when you get to a place on a motorcycle, people are just incredibly friendly and helpful and inviting. It's like you know, it's not like you're showing up in a big tour and for the Starbucks (laughs) and Vietnam kind of thing. Like, you're in a place that not many tourists go to. And so the locals are curious. They're inviting. Um, They refuse to take money from you. So, like, they'll invite you to to their home, share a spirit, share some food. But, like, if you try to pay them, that's, like, insulting them because it's their hospitality. And that's the type of of experiences that I've had on a motorcycle and that I enjoy. Wow. On motorcycle.
0: That's amazing. No one's offered to give me free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is really cool. Um, what, what would you say is like uh, the longest trip that you did?
1: One of the first ones was starting in. Lisbon, going down to Gibraltar and then up the coast, uh, all the way up, you know, through, all the way to uh, Perpignan in France and then Andorra and then circling back down to Lisbon. That was about a month. Most of the trips are about a month long. Like the last one in Europe was starting in Athens and ending up in Zagreb, the capital of Croatia through Montenegro. Uh, it was super fun Um, localish trips like it was from Brooklyn all the way to the end of uh, Newfoundland to St. Anthony wow super fun like you go from here to uh, Portland, Maine take a ferry to Nova Scotia then do a loop there and then take a ferry to um, Argentina and then go all the way to the end I think like yeah it's it's an amazing Newfoundland was an amazing experience there's not that many people there and it's like huge open skies and people I like, just because there's not that many people everyone's like super friendly and mm-hmm. wants to talk and shit and <laughs> you can see like icebergs coming into the bays. it's just like super fun it's
0: totally normal to see icebergs yeah uh, I can't imagine that it would be surreal
1: uh, enjoying a spirit with ice from Something that just came for sure. Kind of fun. <laughs>
0: That's so cool. Um oh wow. I'm just I'm blown away by the both of you. This is crazy. Um so you are a rider and you now ride as well. Uh a year, two years? How long has it been? <laughs> Something like that? Something like that. <laughs> um, but you guys sell and push, you know, a whiskey, which, you know, riding and alcohol doesn't mix if you want to be safe. So how do you how do you get across the message of it being mode of spirits without, you know, uh, influencing bad and reckless behavior? We're, I
2: think we were very conscious of it from the beginning, even um, for us. We think about something delicious to drink at the end of the road, you know, so you're done riding and then you should have a moto spirits that sort of our take on things, that it's much safer if you're done and you enjoy a spirit and...
1: Sort of the reward at the end of the adventure. It's, it's like the
2: end. Yeah. Um,
1: it, the whole brand, the whole story is basically like, you know, discovery on... The motorcycle so we didn't really set up to like bring the two together per se just like how we
0: started this thing what the inspiration for it was so trying to be true and authentic to our story it's motor wow. I didn't take a bus it would <laughs> be a very long bus ride <laughs> and, and I think the thing is too it's more
2: one of the things that we've we decided we should call it um, or align and use adventurous spirits just sort of to talk about the person who would like our alcohol, because it's not traditional, it's something that's special, and also someone who's willing to go and travel and to step outside of their comfort zone. So whiskeys don't tend to be made from rice, and we're very cognizant of that. So whenever someone says, what? What is this? Is it like sake? We're like, well, you know, sake is just brewed. It's more like a beer, you know. (laughs) So, um, so for us, that's what Moto Spirits is. It's something that you can actually look at as not simply something you're drinking, but get kind of, you know, excited about doing things as a result of it. So hopefully if someone looks at us and says, oh my God, these people are crazy, you know, what are they doing? Because we have, our lives were not about motorcycles and um, whiskey. I mean, this is the first time that we've actually had a business that's been a brick and mortar business. And it's one of the toughest ones. It's, It involves the government, like the feds, the New York State Liquor Authority. It involves...
1: You have to get fingerprinted.
2: You have to get fingerprinted? For work, it's like monthly, monthly reporting. reporting and taxation. So anytime someone says, when I hear the phrase, oh no one can, you know, screw up alcohol, everyone, you know, that's a that's a successful business. We sort of giggle and say, that's not true. I mean, we kind of fuck up every day, you know? But it's but that's part of the challenge of what we're doing is that we're balancing maybe five or six different businesses all in one. To have a distillery if someone Tries to have one. We want to say it's much nicer now than it was maybe ten years ago, but it's still really, really hard. And we come in this business knowing that we have had successful careers and continue to, right? So we, so it's like don't, don't, don't go into it thinking it's going to be the
1: easiest thing. Is, yeah, is basically there is definitely a tendency to romanticize. Okay thing and like when when i was making my rounds and trying to make friends with distillers in the neighborhood they're all like dude keep your day job yeah. <laughs> like really but it's not it's not an easy um vertical to be in like you know even like silly things like you can't sell online it,
0: like you can't sell online we can't ship things no we can't ship things outside of
2: this we can't ship things yeah.
0: Is that something you have to get a no license, a license it, it's for? Just, it's, it's Wait, it's then a, how do other people ship it? Um, really people
1: do what they do, but like there are things that you're supposed to do, there are things that you're not supposed to do. But that they, it's not. It, it's definitely something that you need to have patience with because if you're looking for an overnight success I mean licenses alone took two years in which you have to pay rent right so this is not an overnight success type of thing it's definitely worth it and as much as it's taking a lot out of us like we love it then it's super fun to discover stuff, it's super fun to share stuff, and to share it with new people and not just like friends that you know and get sort of like their feedback and see them enjoy it. and like in general like old school you know like if you meet people you know you break bread or you drink something with them and then you become friends it's like part of the, just part of the process and being part of that is immensely gratifying. Yeah, I remember, like, there was one time in, like, northern Vietnam, like, on the border with China. I was, like, in this tiny little fucking town. And we were in this, like, little eatery, which was, like, a car wash in the front. And was a restaurant, and in the back is, like, where the owners, like, slept. And, uh, and so you sit on these tiny little plastic thing of and they bring out food. And, like, the chief of police of that little town showed up. It was, like, New Year's with his wife. And the only... Words, he spoke in English was like this is my wife and yet we sat we sat with him for like three four hours drinking rice wine until the I morning mean, it was just hilarious but <laughs> you know without the lubricant it wouldn't happen he'd be like who the fuck is this guy I'm like get me the fuck out of here but like it was kind of funny and like if it, it, it provided entertainment then it was like for him it was awesome because he doesn't we get to see too many folks from
0: out of this village, and for us, it was awesome. So, uh-huh. so, how has creating this brand to like encourage people to find you know their own adventure or? Um, recognize that they can do that just like you guys have with this which is a crazy operation and I really, really hope it's a success because your stuff is so good um, I've had some um, <laughs> um, what, how, how has it influenced you guys to be more adventurous in other ways?
1: I, I think this is a product of our adventure If anything, it has made having adventures a little bit more challenging. Oh wow. Said, this is a brick and mortar operation so we need to be here. Right? I mean the, the last trip I took um, was in December um, through Patagonia from Bucan uh, and Chile down to Ushuaia in Argentina but that meant that Marie had to hold the fort lot in December, which is kind of like the high season, which was not cool. Cool.
0: <laughs> you don't seem bitter about it at all. Not at all. No, no. <laughs> I ended up
1: breaking my foot at that um, trip, so then I had to like, do a whole bunch of physical therapy afterwards, which meant that she had to do more work because I was around. So it, it, in terms of taking adventures, it, it has been... An a challenge.
0: Wow. And uh, is this your only full-time job for both of you? It is ninety-eight
2: percent for me. Okay. I still have my backgrounds in book publishing, so I have these two
0: authors who are. Um, I'm trying to push forward to get their books published. I'm sorry. You publish books. You're a sommelier. You flew planes when you were 14, mm-hmm. and you a operate a distillery in Brooklyn. You're crazy. Okay, so you publish that's, that's books. What we would encourage people
2: actually, and, and um, to not be complacent about what it is that they're doing in their lives. Like, I started in book publishing, you know, and decided that there are things I should do. So I decided I should get my power pilot's license after some time before it became impossible because it's not cheap so then I said okay let's do that so I did it and still brought myself back to what it is that I do which is go back into books and then because of this crazy neighbor (laughs) found
1: myself
0: are you guys still neighbors, by yeah, the way? we are. <laughs> Can you believe it? We haven't like, killed each other. Yeah. Well,
1: she actually moved. She used to be, you know, a club like me on the 8th floor, but now she's, like, on the 11th floor.
0: Oh, wow. So fancy. So not fancy. at all. <laughs> I have to
2: walk one flight because the elevator stops on the 10th floor. It's not fancy at all.
0: No! <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Well, that's what the elite get. <laughs> So you you publish books on the side. What are the two books you're trying to publish now? Um, One is an author who
2: is Russian and a comic. Okay. And he has written a comedic thriller. I started working with him maybe five or six years ago, and his writing has sort of really, really improved. And he already was a brilliant writer but with these crazy ideas that would not be publishable. Um, my background, I was an acquiring editor and then a director of digital marketing, so all of those things came together, and I said, none of this will work. No one is going <laughs> to buy your book. No one wants to read it. You know, that's it's so the obscure.
1: It's really subtle. <laughs> <Your feedback.
0: laughs> yeah. By the way, everything you just gave me is total garbage. <laughs> Thanks anyway. <laughs> yeah,
1: so,
2: exactly. No, that's... So we... We strengthened already what he, he started. And then another book is something that already was published um, in Egypt. And she's one of my friends. It's a it's a children's book um, for nine to fourteen year olds. And it's basically on Egyptology and hmm. teaching these kids how to look at like archaeology and even higher hierogly- growth hieroglyphics and it she wrote the book um, the co-writer with her is the number one egyptologist in the world and they're friends what yeah it's that's amazing. so cool i know so
0: i want to i publish want this book. The book here i can get you a copy it's great you can yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really cool. Actually, I had a friend in high school who was obsessed with that kind of stuff. And I know it's a children's book, but that's probably where it's going to end up.
2: No, I learned so much. It doesn't matter. I was cracking up when I was... I took it to Costa Rica. We went on this, like... off off-site. off-site so that we... Could ge- regenerate and you know, from all the from all the Not hard work we're regenerate. doing, yeah. so we went to Costa Rica with a group of friends. That sounds smart. I know. Yeah, yeah. And then that's what I read, but I was sitting there laughing my ass off on the beach,
1: <laughs> reading this
2: children's book on Egyptology. It was
0: hilarious, <laughs> but it was yeah. Is, uh. So it translated fairly well then from yeah there to here. Very cool. Hey, got do you do anything else during the day?
1: I do night I don't have, know um, a digital marketing agency so I handle clients um, Facebook campaigns um, there's um, I work with friends that I've worked with for a very long time um, and they're all um, quirky interesting and have other things just like I do that they enjoy doing whether um, it be growing bees, herding sheep, or whatever, but like the idea is to help uh, businesses grow using online advertising.
0: Did you say herding sheep?
1: I, that's true. Yeah.
0: One of the companies you support is someone who herds you know, sheep.
1: One of the dudes that works with. Oh, got it. Um, like herding sheep in the desert.
0: No, that's cool. I mean, I've never I tried it, it, but
1: um, the internet anywhere. The nice part about doing digital stuff is that you don't have to be landlocked into a location.
0: So, and he's bought, he's worked with me when he was just like um, cave hopping in his room. Totally normal <clears throat> thing to do. Yeah,
1: I and mean, you have internet, and then you would find caves and
0: hang out in the cave.
1: Yeah, and buy some Facebook ads. <laughs>
0: I mean, I go bar hopping, but that sounds way cooler. Just caves and Facebook ads. I'm about it. Thank you very much for telling me that. I really appreciate it. <sighs> um. Okay. So for anyone who's listening, I'm sure they're very interested in the process of whiskey making, which I got a tour. Nana nana boo boo. Um. Of the distillery beforehand, so I got to see all the stuff. Um. I'll probably take a picture and share it at some point. Uh, but would you guys like to walk us through, like, what goes into making non-whiskey whiskey? It's actually whiskey whiskey. We call it whiskey whiskey? Yeah. Whiskey, whiskey. whiskey whiskey. Whiskey. We you said it was not a whiskey, not no, a no, branding.
1: Jabuka. Jabuka. Yeah, that was before the
0: alcohol thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoops. <laughs> more drinking for you. Yeah, no, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, what goes into making your whiskey, like, the process? We
2: so on a monthly basis we'll basically get two thousand pounds of rice. And our rice comes Whoa. from California.
0: What does two thousand pounds of rice look like?
2: They all come in fifty pound bags. Yeah. It's really kind of fun. It's like but one of the things we have to like deal with is getting all this rice. And then after that we um since Whiskey um, is officially made with 100% grain. Mm-hmm. So, as a guy was saying, kind of in an earlier part of this, and he was saying, Oh, we don't know what we're making, but, it, but we're making a whiskey because it's made from 100% rice. And after um, sort of finding the right grind, so we grind it down to a particular um, medium, coarse grain, basically, then we ferment it. And the fermentation process is very similar to almost sake making, um, so we're, we're almost making a sake. So we use our yeast is almost like a komikaji. <laughs> no more drinking for me either. <laughs> Koji. Koji.
0: I mean, you yeah. announced you were farting in the beginning, so I think we've got a really past long that problem day already. already. Yeah. So
2: we um, and after a certain amount of time, and we we have to aerate. um... The fermentation it's kind of a process that's yeah. interesting and then mm-hmm. after about 10 to 12 days of fermentation it goes and gets transferred into the still yeah. so
1: there's, there's fermentation and then there's a the
0: distillation they're literally fighting on the other side of this I can't hide it I'm sorry it's just too funny children
1: uh-huh. well, we behave <laughs>
2: And then, it, and then we distill it, and then it goes through two distillations, basically. Wow. Yeah.
0: So, and then it sits in the
2: barrels for how long? It depends. Everything is, so since everything is single batch aged, which, which means that we don't blend anything. Anything sure. that goes.
0: So you'll never taste something that's like two barrels put together. No. It's always just going to be from the same barrel. Yeah, and
2: we're, 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 being me, I'm really picky about what happens in terms of pulling out of mm-hmm. the. Shut up, the guy. He, he, he tends to do all of these sexual in, innuendos. We take the I'm about it. alcohol hey, out of the barrel in order for us to bottle it. It's because we've gone through and tasted a certain. We, we basically run through all of these um, barrels, and we have about 40 barrels now that are full of alcohol, and get a sense of what we love so much that it needs to be bottled. Yeah, so Marie has a Job job she, that she's a sommelier of so, like you know early in the morning showing up here you know,
1: taking samples or sucking out the alcohol from a bunch of barrels and for breakfast you like all right this is ready
0: <laughs> and this is not. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to come in handy though it's actually really hard yeah. it's not easy yeah. having maybe really like
2: fifteen, <laughs> <laughs> yes. he's just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> he has absolutely no palate whatsoever. Can't yeah, taste anything. I him. smoke.
1: I drink a lot of coffee. So I. I not I'm just coffee, eight. please. Uh, no, <laughs> at least I have coffee in the
0: morning. You have whiskey in the morning I mean, whatever gets you through the day, that's entirely up to you. But jabuka is made differently. So all of
2: our apples are from upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And um, that's part of our farm distillery license. And that sort of supports New York farmers. And that allows us to have a tasting room. It allows us to go and have um, to sell our, our jabuka um, in farmer's markets. And also, to anything that we make from blueberries or anything that we decide to experiment with, we're targeting farmers in New York so that we can actually support them and also
0: make something interesting from something local. That is so cool. I wonder if you guys would ever consider making like a really small barrel and doing like limited edition ones. Why are you holding your fingers like that? Because this is my <laughs> this <laughs> is a small barrel. This is what a small barrel looks like. It's so tiny we, and it's round. And actually,
1: we actually experimented with that, so there's a couple of, of things that uh, we mentioned before. Alcohol is really regulated, so the mm-hmm. size of the thing above uh, is an <laughs> issue, and then also when you barrel alcohol, uh, there is um, a thing about the ratio of. As Marie would say, wood to alcohol, and so the smaller the barrel is, the more wood surface.
0: The rela- is. the relationship between <laughs> yeah. So it's like antagonizing
2: I here. know when you so when you have a the alcohol is touching much more of the surface area. Mm-hmm. And what the happened way. with us when we were experimenting? That was a slap. <laughs> that was like a bitch slap. I hit it multiple times. But so I'm
0: gonna we, put you guys in different corners. I know
2: when um when you actually uh, have a smaller barrel it becomes really sawdusty almost okay. so just really not palatable at all and we experimented and failed with multiple times with barrels that from new barrels and all kinds of things and it was just whatever distillate we're putting into the barrels it's too aggressive for yeah, the, the environment yeah the wood guy right too aggressive
1: so, um no seriously that there is like this
0: where, episode is now rated
1: r <laughs> when when, uh, when in croatia there's for example there's this custom in small villages like when when you have a newborn they will run still
0: and collect alcohol and then save that alcohol for the newborn's wedding <gasps> oh my god that is so cute where is that
1: Great, yeah. ah. or, or you was like, but anyway, like that. so I was, like, totally, like, into that, and we did experiment. We got a whole bunch of, like, little barrels. Did we have one or two left here, but uh, because of the ratio mm-hmm. of the alcohol to the wood surface, it just, it wasn't, it's not something that you can keep, and because of New York or federal laws, um, like, we can't sell you a barrel. You can... Uh, and then when it's ready, we, we have to host it for you. And when it's ready, we can't actually give you the barrel. We'll have to we'll have to bottle whatever is in that barrel and give it to you. So we're we're, we're operating in a highly regulated.
0: Thing. Has anyone adopted your barrels yet?
1: We haven't put forth a program like that because it's. Um, would be
2: fairly expensive, and being that you can't get the barrel at the end mm-hmm.
1: and whatnot, it kind of like Meh. defeat. Meh. Right, let me drop yeah. a couple of grand something that I'll see in a couple of years, and I'll get like bottles, which I find now. It doesn't really doesn't sound that commercially sound
2: i agree and and uh, all we have all these used barrels too and everyone tries to buy them from us and we're like we can't unless you have a liquor license because we have to basically what's called denature them which is create a poisonous interior so that it can't be used for producing drinkable
1: alcohol
0: wow
2: so this is what we mean by super regulated super
0: regulated
1: in, in america you did have yeah, um, I. They have organized crime, and so this is not something that you know is, is coming into it with like fresh eyes. As far like all the rules and regulations are because of organized crime and prohibition, and, whatnot. and so we're sort of paying a tax for that.
0: Literally, they ruined it for everyone.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Mm
0: i actually have a photo in my living room of um it's my boyfriend from san jose Uh, i have a photo in our living room of the first uh bar that was shut down for prohibition in san jose on the day that they like put like the the screen up that says closed due to prohibition and it's it's wild to think about the fact that like people just quote-unquote
1: didn't drink there's there's an awesome documentary on netflix it's the ken burns Mm -hmm. it's a three-part series called prohibition oh really yeah i I highly i highly recommend checking it out Mm -hmm. super insightful i
0: love that well Thank you guys for sitting and talking with me today. You both are so much more interesting than I expected. And hilariously, brother and sister, like you described, kind of ridiculous. And you both deserve timeouts, but that's beyond (laughs) the point. Um, Did you guys want to say anything or mention websites or events for anyone who might be listening? Um, Well, the website is Motosparricks.com dot com on Instagram it's at Lotus Uh we are located in
1: Bushwick so hit us up and stop by for a visit uh, we recently started collaborating with um, like a Venmo-ish type of company and so there's a promotion with them and you can basically get three bottles for five bucks if you download that app so hit us up.
0: That's yeah. what you meant by basically free.
1: Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 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 I think mean, that's all the plugs. Yeah. Unless you have some more plugs,
2: right? I don't know if there are any plugs, just we also make um cocktails from our spirits.
0: That is what I've been drinking. <laughs> and we also um
2: a plug for KCBC beer because we also sell their beer. Oh. Um, huh. part of our um local sort of community. Mm-hmm. And bad seed. And bad seed.
0: What is bad seed? Hard
2: cider. Ooh. We use their apples
0: in our channel. Oh those are the New York apples? Yeah. Wow. Yes. Oh. Yes. So local. Oh. Well very cool. Thank you guys. I appreciate it.